Well, good morning, everyone. We're glad that you're here to uh, worship with us. And we're continuing the uh, Money Talks series that we launched last week. And the idea of Money Talks is really the messages that sometimes we can hear about money, what money tells us, kind of deep within us to pursue it, to go for it, to chase after it. And also, money communicates things about us, what we value, the things that are important to us by the choices that we make uh, with our finances, with the things that we've been given. And what we talked about last week is really just the perspective of God being the owner and the fact that because he is creator God, he owns everything and that makes us his managers. And so everything that we do related to our possessions, related to our money, we have a choice to make. Will we operate out of the knowledge that God is owner, or will we kind of struggle against that and try to play the owner ourselves? And so today we're continuing this idea of once you have settled, or even if you're still wrestling with this idea of God's role and my role, uh, there's actually a path related to wisdom that, that God encourages us and invites us to take as we try to do life his way related to our finances. And like any path, the, the, destination that you choose and the path you choose gets you to a a certain place and the more steps you take on the wise path uh, the further down the wise road you get and the opposite is true the more steps you take towards a foolish path gets you towards the destination of foolishness and it that's how life works and a lot of times in life we end up at certain destinations and we wonder Why are we here? How come I'm at this place and I thought I should be here? And a lot of times it's because of the path that we took. And so this today's message is really kind of an idea of how do we get on the right path and what makes the wise path the wise path and what makes the foolish path the foolish path. And in each of us, there's things that we do related to our money that we look back and say, what was I thinking Right. You guys have that experience in your life. You look back at a certain choice that you've made related to your finances and you think, I obviously had no idea what I was doing at that specific time. I have a story about that that I'm just going to share just to kind of ease us into it, because I've actually made many dumb decisions related to money. So if you're thinking you're the only one, it may be just you and me this morning that have done that. But I was in Vegas. Anytime you start a story was I was in Vegas. You know, it's going to be bad most of the time. But I, uh, I was in college and some buddies and I let, hey, let's go to Las Vegas and hang out and just enjoy time together. We were kind of wrapping up college and we thought this would be a great way to just hang out. And uh, we were walking the streets in Vegas and walking to the different sights and sounds. And all of a sudden there was somebody uh, with a crowd gathering around. And like anyone, you know, it's like, there's a crowd, let's go see. And I think it's free. So yeah, it's free fun. And, and all of a sudden this man has these cards and a P and underneath the cards, he is kind of moving this, this P around this like little ball. And he's just saying, Hey, you know, who, who knows where it is? Who knows where it is? Win some money, win some money. And all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. I was in the front row of this crowd. I worked myself out. And the next thing I knew, I was like, I know where it is. And right when he said, I was like, you, okay, where is it? And I, and I picked the card and he flipped it over and there was the P and I was like, yes, I got it right. And I was like, this is fun. Like, Okay, let's keep doing this. And the next thing I knew, he's like, show me that you had, show me that you had the money. It was like $50 to make a guess. And I had said, I known I'd made a guess. It didn't cost me anything Before I knew it. I said, I had 50 bucks. I showed my 50 bucks. And before I knew it, he had had it out of my hand. And he said, okay, round two. And I was like, okay, I've done it once before. I'm going to guess where this P is. And I'm going to double my money in Vegas. 
Right? Because everyone goes to Vegas and doubles their money. Right? And so all of a sudden, it's like the crowd goes silent except for this like one woman down the line. And she's like, you've got it. You are the man. You know where it is. You know where it is. And before I know I'm thinking, I know where it is. I know where it is. And she's distracting me. And I realized like I hadn't been looking. And he's just moving. He's like, where is it? Where is it? You know where it is. You know, I'm like, I know where it is. I don't have any idea where it is. And he has my $50. And all of a sudden I had a, you know, a 33% chance of guessing right. And I said, it's right there. And he flipped it over and there was no pee. And it was like the crowd went, oh, and I just went, oh, and my trip was over. That was the only money I had. And right after that, my friends were like, hey, let's go eat at Denny's. And sitting in Denny's, I had no money. And it was like the most depressing experience of my life. It went from like fun, I'm going to double my money to I didn't have any cash. And I had to bum a meal off of my friend in Denny's. If you got to bum a meal at Denny's, <laughs> right? How far you have fallen. And that just goes to show that lots of times we make decisions based on these desires that we have. And at the time, we knew what we were doing. And at the time, we knew what we wanted. But we look back and we think, I had no idea what I was thinking. And you listen to different people. And they put pressure on you. And they tell you, you know, you need to do this. This would be a great decision. You need to do it. You need to do it now. You need to do it now. You need... And it's like all of us have these crowds. And sometimes they're real. And sometimes they're within us. But we have these kind of voices telling us to do something. Do it. Do it. Get your money back. Get your money back. And sometimes we're just like the person with the cards flipped over and we think, uh-oh, I made a choice and I thought there was going to be something under it. And there isn't. And we're left empty. And literally we have nothing from what we thought we would be experiencing this joy from a decision we made, whether it's buying something, whether it's pursuing something related to possessions. And this stuff is, is very real to all of us. And what I've experienced is a lot of times on the path as you make foolish decisions, reality still strikes. Now, God is very gracious, but wisdom actually isn't as gracious because God has made the world to work in a certain way. And a lot of times when you make foolish decisions related to your money, it's like reality is chasing you. And that's the same thing when we when we get into debt, when we make choices that we just buy things that we can't afford. And it's like reality is chasing you and you're just always looking like, oh, when is it going to catch up? When is it going to catch up? It's like when you keep swiping your debit card and you're like, it's amazing. It keeps working. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, but I know that my balance is going down and down and down. It's chasing. You're just trying to outrun it. Recently, I was on a bike ride on a beach cruiser and I thought a beach cruiser meant like you can go as slow as you want and it's still cool. And I was riding around in my neighborhood and I went in this uh, this court where there's some houses and all of a sudden I see a dog. And I'm thinking like, you know, great, nice, nice doggy. And I'm on my bike and all of a sudden I circle around and the dog, the dog starts chasing me. And I didn't know if it was a boxer or a pit bull. And I say that because I was kind of scared for my life. Okay. Just to throw it out there. I was scared for my life. I was on a beach cruise and I was thinking, you know what? I'm going to tour to France this right now. And so I turned this beach cruiser into this racing bike. And the whole time I am biking, this dog is chasing me. No joke. And I'm, I'm kind of freaking out. So I, I go around this other court and I turn a street and I realize like, it's not a street that goes anywhere. It's a cul-de-sac. And so I'm like, well, I have to circle around, but there's a dog chasing me and no one wants to circle with a pit bull slash boxer. Don't know which one it was. 
wasn't going to stop to find out. And all of a sudden I thought, well, I have to do what I grew up doing in elementary school. I have to jump the curb. And as I'm riding dogs chasing, I'm thinking like, I haven't jumped a curb since fifth grade. And I have a beach cruiser, which I don't even know if you can jump. Decided, I just decided, you know, I'm going to make this thing happen because there's no way I can turn around and allow the dog to get me. So I'm, I'm just running on my bike, just riding on my bike, <laughs> just stressed out. And I get to the curb and I pick up the front tire and I clear it. And I'm just like, yes, but I forgot, like, you have tires, you know, the back tire. The back tire hits the curb. I fly up and I almost wipe out. But the only thing I'm thinking is if I wipe out, I'm dinner. And so I get, I kind of get back and so I'm running along the sidewalk, I'm running along the sidewalk. And right as I get to the end of the sidewalk into the street, I think, I'm not, I can't stop to see if there's any cars. Right when that happens, a car pulls. And it didn't like pull before the sidewalk. It went right into the street. And like I swerved. And then I was like, no dog. And then I was like, what if the dog got ran over by the car that missed me? And I started feeling bad. Not that bad because I still was fearful for my life. And the whole rest of the time, long story short, or long story long, the whole rest of the time on my bike ride, I was just waiting for the dog to come. And it was like not enjoyable because every turn I was just like, he's not down there. He's not down there. But that's what happens with our finances. We make certain choices and it feels like this dog that's just chasing us and chasing us and chasing us. And what God wants to do is he wants to get us to this point where we're making decisions that we're not living in fear the rest of our life. He wants us to make better choices and to trust him so we actually are cut off from the bondage that sometimes come from from financial foolishness. And he actually wants to give us this freedom. We're not looking over our shoulder waiting for our bad choices to catch up with us. And so today we're looking at this idea of the way of wisdom. And in the scripture, you see wisdom personified. And there's a certain kind of picture of wisdom that is the way of peace. That's the way of, of life, of freedom. And it's really easy to look at the, the wise way and think, well, that's exactly what I want. But what you find is the wise way is also the way of work. And there's the way of where you have to really discipline yourself and you really have to get past yourself. And so we all would say we want the freedom. We want the peace. We want kind of this freedom freshness that comes from living the wise life but at the same time we have to do the hard work and so today's message is really this idea of living wisely which is really allowing God to do his part and working diligently which is doing our part and that's really what has to happen with finances the way of wisdom is allowing God to be God and do what he does trust his promises and at the same time work diligently to do what only we can do to take control of our finances and our our financial picture. And so I hope you can follow along and just kind of get a flavor of what the scriptures say. But I want to talk a little bit about uh, how we grow in God's wisdom. And really growing in God's wisdom is the key to experiencing financial peace. You cannot experience financial peace ultimately by not choosing the wise path. God's wise way is the only way to really get to financial peace. That's the destination. Other strategies and other things that you rely on may look like they will get you that, but ultimately the destination does not lead you to the same place. It's by really doing finances God's way, his wise way. Uh, Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-six says this, talking about wisdom. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. 
And so when you talk about freedom, there's really the compare and contrast that you see in this proverb alone. And that's the idea of when you trust in your own mind, it's basically saying when you only operate out of what makes sense to you, when you only operate out of your own experiences, when you only operate out of maybe even the people that you learn from, there's a limit to what you can learn. There's a limit to what you can gain. There's a limit to the freedom you can experience. Conversely, it's saying if you actually live by wisdom, you are delivered. There's a new way. There's a new freedom. There's actually a new peace that comes from doing this God's way. And each of us have to make the choice. Do we really believe that? Do we believe that to myself and my own thing that makes sense to me? Is there another way? And this isn't just in finances, it's actually in every facet of life. There's the things that I do and there's the things that I say and there's the things that I feel. But is there something that's beyond that? Is actually God working and painting reality and saying this is how life works? And do I believe it? And will I base my life on that? Or will I still kind of create my own reality? And each of us have to decide. But wisdom is crying out saying that you will be delivered if you live my way. But if you don't, you experience the slavery and burden of the foolish way. And each of us have to decide. Proverbs 8, 17 says, says this, and this is actually wisdom talking. It says, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently find me. So wisdom is personified and it's saying, if you love me, I will love you back. If you commit to doing things the wise way, it will actually bless your life. It will bless those that you relate to because this is how reality works. But there's a tie to that. Not just if you, you kind of think about doing it wisely or you maybe kind of wonder if you should start doing things wisely. It's actually saying if you diligently, you, you have to diligently pursue God's way. You have to work at it. With everything in you, you have to decide, I'm going to try to figure this thing out. There's a lot of other areas in my life that I'm not sure what to do and how to do it. But with my money, I really diligently, with everything in me, want to do it God's way. It's saying if you do that, you will, you will reap the repercussions of it. It won't be void. It will come back to bless you. What it really comes down to is the voices that we listen to. What do we hear that guides what we do? And each of us have different people that we may talk to about our financial future. We may read different books. We may watch some things on TV. We may uh, kind of just innately, internally decide what we should do. But we each have to decide the voice that we listen to. And in a moment, I'm going to talk about how God communicates His wisdom to us. But before that, I wanted to show a clip of why it's so crucial to make sure that the voices you're listening to are telling you the right way to go. Check this out. Squirrel? No, thank you. We're looking for the interstate. Uh, I get that a lot because of the detour. <laughs> Oh, now they've lost their way. Now they can't go home. <laughs> you sure you don't want one? We're sure. Thank you. Oh, they make Cracker Jack pets. I taught this one to shake hands. 
He's not for sale, though. Hey, who wants to go home with the nice ladies, huh? Oh, Pippi, Pippi. Uh, don't be afraid. I don't buy it. What's your name? Pretty lady. Oh, Vera. <laughs> Ma'am, uh, really, we're not interested. Well, I'm not talking to you, Emma. I'm talking to Vera. What about Bucky here? He just loves to climb the trees and eat the nuts. Ma'am, we do not want a squirrel. Now, do you or do you not know where the interstate is? Well, of course I do. I'm not retarded. Tell them about the shortcut. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Bucky. <laughs> I almost forgot. There's a dandy shortcut. It'll bring you right to exit 14. It'll save you 30 miles. Oh. <clears throat> okay, now listen carefully. You want to go straight down here exactly 1.8 miles. 1.8. And you make a left at the Totem Pole Ranch. Go 5.4 miles, and you're going to go up a big hill, and you'll see a big yellow sign with some graffiti on it. And there's a little dirt road. Take that on the right. It'll take you right to the interstate. Thank you very much. Thank oh, you. wait a minute. Take some nuts with you, just in case you see a squirrel. Okay. Oh. Oh, oh, okay, we're at 2.4 miles. There's the yellow sign with the graffiti. Turn right. I see it. You see it? I see it. What? Love them. This is like a treasure hunt. It's all funny until that little skeleton comes up. That, that clip is actually from the movie uh, Rat Race, which talk about a great description of sometimes this idea of money and finances and possessions. It feels like a rat race. And it's actually not about that. It's, it's actually kind of a funny movie. But uh, in that clip, you see that they, they wanted the shortcut. And we all do in life. We want shortcuts. We want the easy way. And we want kind of the path of least resistance. And what you find there is depending on who is telling you the shortcut to go, you could end up in a place where you do not want to be. And so it's very crucial that you recognize the voices that you listen to. And are those voices actually telling you the right destination that actually matches reality that God has given? So it's very crucial. How does God guide us so we Mike's going out a little bit. How do we know that we are lining up with the reality that, that God has set? Well, there's two key ways that we need to continue to check ourselves against. We need to make sure the voices we listen to match these two things. The first thing is God's word. Guidance from growing in wisdom. It comes from God's word. If God is the one who's designed reality and said, this is the wise way, this is actually the, the wise way to handle your finances, then we want to know, or we should want to know, what the Bible has to say about money. When I first became a Christian and thought of the idea of money, I thought there may be just a few references of what to do with your money and how to handle your possessions. When you actually dig into the scriptures, it's not very just so general. It's actually very specific. There's actually over 2,000 scriptures that talk about money and possessions in the Bible. 
And Jesus' ministry, as he was teaching people about the way of life, he actually continually talked about what to do with your money, what to do with the things that you've been given, because this is what were on people's hearts. And so if you want to do what God says, you actually have to know what that is. And we want to help you in that. If you'd like to learn more about God's word related to this area of money, we, we would love to help you. And we're going to be providing some tools, like I mentioned last week, like a finance seminar and financial peace university groups. And these are going to dig into what does the scriptures, what does the Bible actually say about money? What's God's view? And it's very specific. So God's word and getting that into your life and kind of checking that up, up against what you feel, checking that up against what you hear in the media about those close to you, what they're saying. It's very important to know what, what God's word says. The other thing that God uses to give us wisdom is, is actually wise people that walk on wisdom's path. If you want to know where to go, it's really helpful to have people that have been there and are there. They're guiding you. They're saying, here, come along. They're not telling you to go somewhere they're not. They're actually leading you somewhat. And that's when you talk to wise people, they're, they're giving you perspective. They're giving you experiences. They're giving you these strategies that they've learned over time of what's worked and what's not and how they believed this and how it came true or how they believed that and it didn't come true. And this is what God taught them through that. The wise person, as you listen to them and as you make yourself teachable, you learn so much about the way to go, about the path and how to stay on the path. And so one of the key things you can do is dig into the scriptures, find out what the, the Bible says. The second thing is get out of everything that's going on in your head and all the confusion and all the tools that you've, you've heard and you're not sure how to practice and actually talk to somebody that has wisdom from what you can tell and ask them for help. Ask them for, for perspective. Have questions that can help you learn how God and our money intersects as we do life his way. So those are crucial. I want to kind of shift gears like what what is the wisdom way of of handling money? And I'm not going to spend a ton of time, but I wanted to give kind of as you look in the scriptures, you really do see these are the markers on the path of the wise way. These are the things that as you look at your finances, as you kind of come up with a plan, these things continue to come up as principles in scripture. And I wanted to give you a a scripture that kind of sums up this perspective, that kind of sums up the markers that you see in Proverbs 21, 20 says this precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. And so what you see again and again on the wise and the foolish way is this idea of devouring and consuming versus actually managing and handling what God's given you. So again and again, this idea of God being the, the owner and we being the manager are key to the markers on the, the wise path. And if you look at the choices you've made that you'd regret, most of the time it's based on this devouring that you wanted to do. And I know for me personally, when I made bad choices, because I'm not thinking, how am I managing? I'm thinking, how can I get what I want? How can I have my little pot of whatever it is of gold that's behind that rainbow I want to get and just enjoy it and devour it? And you find that it's not there. It's a mirage. It doesn't exist. There is no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And so there's just this kind of devouring versus managing and stewarding. This is, they always converge and we always have to make a choice. But this is a great summary. The, the wise person receives blessing. As they, as they choose obedience, 
versus just pleasing self. And so you have to settle that. The wise way means you have to not allow materialism to fuel your life. The pursuit of more and more and better and bigger. You you have to choose a different way. There's no way to experience the wise way without sacrifice. And that's just a truth that you find again and again in Scripture. So here, here are some of the markers along the wise path. Again, I'm not going to go into these in depth, but at the finance seminar in January and the Financial Peace University, we're actually going to provide more tools for how this plays out in everyday life. But the first marker that's really helpful is to experience the freedom that God wants to give you. You have to get out of debt. You have to get out of debt. Debt limits our freedom. And we're we're deep in debt. We really are. We are a slave just with the dog chasing us where we're just looking and Limits where we can go, limits what we can do. And so it's very crucial to take steps to become free from anything that that really limits doing what God wants us to do. And if you're like me, you think about those choices that you made and the things that you've committed to, and it can be overwhelming. The good news is, is the wise way is actually one that God comes alongside you because you're on his path. He is there. And so he is gracious and he helps and he gives us steps to take. But ultimately we have to decide, I'm going to, I'm going to commit to, to getting out of debt. The second thing that's really helpful is creating a budget and living within your means. A budget is different for different people, but ultimately you know where your money is going. And you're actually placing it to the places it should go. You're making sure That you're that conduit where it's coming into your hands and you're delivering it to where it should go. Now, depending on your wiring, a budget could seem so constricting. Or a budget can seem like the best invention ever because you love to count every cent and just make sure it all clears. And we're all at different places, but the ultimate thing is, is without a plan, you really have no idea what's happening with your money. And if you don't know what's happening with your money, you don't know if you're actually living within your means. And this living within your means is something that it makes complete sense. But the thing about a budget, it actually instructs us on the decisions to make. And I'm somewhat of a feeler. And so I make a lot of decisions like, yeah, that feels right. Like, let's go out to eat. But a budget says, should you? What I've learned with money, I never thought there was a category for should. Right? I thought it was like want like i want to and therefore i will what i find is that that doesn't actually help when you have to pay for that expense that you can't afford and so creating a budget living in your means is is crucial the the third thing and this may be totally foreign like save like save and invest like what is that right so many of us savings is like well i save during the month to pay off my bills. That's our savings. But like when emergencies come, it's like, uh-oh, what do I do? And then that can lead to being more in debt. And so saving and investing is in, important. I'm not going to talk about investing because, to be honest with you, I'm not an investor. Okay, I'm not going to be able to give you strategies of what to do and what not to do. But I do know that savings is very crucial. And investing is as well. Because you're actually looking into the future of how are you going to maximize your money even beyond you? How are you going to bless generations 
beyond yourself. And that's really the idea of investing. It's not just about you and the consumption and the devouring. You're actually looking to the future. And we're all at different places in that. But ultimately, savings is recognizing that life happens. And there's going to be expenses that I didn't know were going to happen on my budget. And I need to have a place where I'm not going to again be slave to this circumstance. This last week, I was on the, I was on the road and I heard like a, a, a pop. And you know, in Southern California, you know, you hear pops, you're like, oh, I hit a rock or something. And all of a sudden I was going down the road and then my, my car started to make this really crazy noise. I was like, oh no, I got, I got a flat tire and I kind of pulled off the freeway and I got to a place where I could stop and I looked at the, the wheel and it was, you know, a big old nail in it. I went to the tire shop and they were totally happy because it couldn't be repaired. And they were really happy because then all my other tires needed to be replaced at all. You know that point you're like, okay, a repair is free. Worst case, I have to replace a tire. Then it went from no repair no one tire. I walked out of there spending hundreds of dollars on a set of four. I didn't see that was going to happen. But I had savings in certain times of my life. I haven't had that. And so you have to look at different options. And wherever you are, you have to decide, well, do I just get the one tire? Do I get the four? Do I get used tires? Do I get new tires? And there's lots of things you can do to make it happen in your life situation. But ultimately, savings is what recognizes that, that life just throws stuff at you. You need to be prepared to handle the trouble and to be handled the things that you don't see coming. And so it's crucial to kind of set some aside. And then the last that just sometimes see kind of it seems cliche, but it's so true on the path of wisdom is this. Discover the joy of giving and generosity. It's getting the time of year where it's the holidays. And a lot of times at Christmas, you kind of start thinking about, man, all the presents you have to buy. You ever gone to that place where you're thinking like, Oh, you're supposed to budget gifts? You ever done that? Is that just me? I did that once. Like, oh, you're, you're supposed to like set aside money for gifts? Like, I, I thought, like, somehow it just, it's Christmas. You'll tie cheer. And the gifts appear. No, you actually have to go to the store and buy gifts. And I realized, like, I, I want to give to people. I want to be generous. But you have to, you have to plan for that as well. And the more that you take control and you kind of pay attention to your financial situation, you actually are freed up to bless others. And that's something that really motivates me. Because a lot of times with money, I'm stressed and I'm focused on the things that I don't have and I'm focused on things that I don't do well. But ultimately what motivates me is I really want to handle this in a way so I can be a blessing to the people in my life. And it all flows and it all connects together. To be givers... Whether it's to the church or whether it's to people close to you, whether it's to somebody that you've never met and you see they have a need, means that you, you've actually planned to do that. There's something in place that you can now take to give to something or someone bigger than yourself. And so all these are crucial. These are the markers along wisdom's path. And this isn't exhaustive, but these are the big ones. And so if I encourage you, where, where are you? On the path, as you look at those, are, is there just an area where you're like, you know, I really need to, to focus on the budgeting or I really need to focus on my debt or I need to find out what the Bible has to say or, or I need to talk to a wise person. We've talked kind of a lot about the different things you can do. I just want you to take 15 seconds and think through what, what's kind of the thing that you could focus on, whether it's a marker on the path or whether it's looking into the scriptures or talking to a wise person. Take 15 seconds. Just think about that and then I'll move on.
Okay. So we've talked about the wise path, the foolish path, how they lead you at different destinations. We talked about the different voices that you can hear and really how God wants us to pay attention to the scriptures and wise people. And then we talked about just now the, the markers along the wise path. Well, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit, still talking about wisdom's way, the path of wisdom, but really this idea of how do you, how do you stay on this path? How do you make sure that you continue on the path that leads to the destination that God wants us to be? And there's two things that you can do. The first is surrender to God and serve him. If you try to do things God's way, but you're not actually surrendering to him and you're still trying to hold on to your way, it makes it very difficult. There's a clash of wills. And so surrendering to God and serving him is saying that I choose you, God. I choose your way. There's lots of things that are pulling me to go another way. And there's lots of things in me that make sense of this other way. But ultimately, God, I choose you in your way. And so to, to stay on the path means again and again you have to surrender to doing things God's way. Uh, Matthew 6 says this, no one can serve two masters. It's basically saying no one can try to walk the wise path and the foolish path at the same time. You can't do God's way and your way. It doesn't work. No one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. That's a truth there. The line is drawn in the sand. You cannot serve God and money. And this idea of master, here's the thing that God is saying. If you choose God as your master, he actually gives you strategies and he gives you himself. And he brings people around you that will help. So money doesn't master you. So we think a lot of times like, well, Matt, you know, money will be my master or I'm going to be its master. And we're not sure. Well, actually, when we allow Jesus to be our master, it ensures that nothing else can be. Now, it's still a battle. We still diligently have to work. But ultimately, we've settled. We're going to do it God's way. And I just encourage you, no matter the decisions that you've made, whether you feel like you're in good shape or you're you're really nervous about your financial condition. It begins with this this recognition that, God, I, I do want to do it your way. So if you need to just admit some decisions that you've made before God that you realize were wrong, I encourage you to do that sometime this week. Just cry out to him and say, God, I, I made this decision, I made this decision, and those were wrong. Just ask him to forgive you for that. If you, re- you recognize that you, just, you didn't manage the things he gave you in a way that pleases him. And then commit to doing it his way. And so God is, again, he's gracious. He, he meets us right where we are. So if you just, you recognize some things and you've never really talked to God about that and you realize that it's kind of gotten you down this path you don't want to be on, you just, you, you turn around. You make a U-turn and God, God meets you and he, he shows you to himself to the path of, of wisdom. So it's so crucial again and again to just admit the things that are going on with it within us and commit to doing it God's way. This is really where the power comes to change. And the second thing to kind of staying on the path is always knowing your financial condition. Now this sometimes 
is the thing that I struggle with the most because surrendering to God and serving him, I can do. But the knowing the financial condition is, is basically, well, now I have work to do. I have to look at my bank statement. I have to balance a checkbook. I remember a lot of times I thought balancing a checkbook was you look at your account balance and if there's money, it's balanced. I mean, you balanced it like I got money. Boom. Yes, I do. Balanced. And then I got married. And I realized that's not what you do. And so I went through this, this process of like, right where I think I know my finances, I like kind of just relax and like, I know what's happening. And then like a month goes by and it's like, I don't know what's happening, but I did a month ago and we have spent some, but let's check the balance. Yep. There's still money, right? That just, sometimes it's knowing the condition, your financial condition. It's so hard to do because it's like something you have to just continue to look at, continue to look at, continue to look at, continue to look at, continue to look at. And the more you spend, the more you need to look. But knowing where you stand is crucial. If you don't know where you stand, you actually don't know where you are on the path. So it's important to know, am I going the wrong way? And how much of a detour have I taken? Have you ever gotten lost? You know, you need to stop and then figure out the right path. But if you think that I'm just going to keep going and eventually it will work out, you could be going in the wrong direction for the rest of your life. And so knowing your financial condition is just where am I and where do I need to go? I need to stop the car before I go off the cliff. Well, all the other cars there with squirrel peanuts. Okay? So knowing your financial con- condition is, is very important. So it's check- knowing your, your credit card statements, your, your checking account, uh, you can deny that you need to know it, but the bottom line is, is there's stuff, there's reality happening whether you know it or not. So it's really important to know where, where you stand. Proverbs 27, 23 through 24, is, it just hits to the heart of this. It says, know well the condition of your flocks. And you're thinking, what, we're sheep herders now? And this time it's really painting a picture of if you're a farmer, the sheep, that's, that's your investment. That's your money. That's what you have. So it's basically saying if you want to know the value of your possessions, you need to know the condition of your sheep. Then it says, and give attention to your herds. You need to see what's going on. Then it says, for riches do not last forever. And does a crown endure to all generations? This is a challenge to each of us. No matter how well your parents did or did not do their finances. Or your roommate. Or your spouse, there's still this, this idea of we, we need, we're accountable. We need to know what's going on. And this idea of knowing the condition of your flocks, you're looking just like a farmer would a sheep. You can't just from a distance see if the sheep are okay. They have lots of wool. It covers all of them. And so they have to peel back the wool. They have to see, is, is this sheep diseased? Are they nourished? Are they okay? And you're, they're getting right down into the face of the sheep. How is, how is the condition of the sheep? And they're pulling it back and they're looking and, okay, the sheep's fine. I think this one's fine. And then this one, they're pulling back. Uh-oh, there's, there's a problem here. But they never would have known unless they got right down and peeled back the layers. And that's the same thing. That's the principle here. We've got to get down. We've got to get in the face of our financial condition. It's at that point 
We can surrender to God. And that may be, once you know your financial condition, that may be the very thing you're like, finally, God, I'm ready to surrender. I know my condition and I'm petrified. But in all seriousness, sometimes reality is what we need to make changes. And so I encourage you, there's many kind of different steps you can take today. And as I wrap up, you can pull your connection card out. And I just encourage you to take some steps that I've suggested or one of your own. If you, as you've heard something, you've heard a verse and you think I need to memorize that or something I need to do that I haven't done. As the band comes up, I just want to wrap up the message by encouraging you to take one of those next steps. Uh, these really will help you kind of decide what you can do today and take a practical step. Uh, you could memorize Proverbs 27, 23 through 24. I just read that. Uh, you could, for the first time, just decide you want to do life God's way. And as you talk about money and finances, you realize that this kind of is representative of your life, that you're just kind of trying to do it yourself. And if you've never committed your life to Christ and you want to do that, we want to help you learn what that means. And so you can check for the first time, I will trust Jesus as my Savior and follow him as Lord. Uh, if you just know you need to focus on one of those markers we talked about, whether it's debt or budget, savings, growing and giving, uh, circle that on your connection card. If you're interested in attending the finance seminar just to get more information, more strategy, more help, uh, you can check that. And then if you're interested in being in a financial uh, Peace University group, these will be nine-week groups in the spring where you can be with a group of people working through this stuff for nine weeks. And there's going to be homework and there's things that you need to do diligently to bring about really getting on the right path. But I know if, if you commit to that, it, it will actually be a blessing to you and your family as well. So those are a few of the steps. Feel free to take one of those or another one. And let's pray. And then we're going to sing back to God as we receive our offering. Father, you, you are very gracious. And specifically in this area, it's so easy to be stressed out and overwhelmed and concerned with what people think about us and concerned just what you think about us. And I, I know, God, that, that you do not shame us and you do not hold even foolish decisions against us, uh, even though that we've paid the price in certain areas because of decisions we've made. Uh, you still are, are gracious and you, you lead us in the way that pleases you. And we can't discover it for ourselves. We can't try to just magically get there. We need you to, to lead us. And so I, I pray that for anyone that's just overwhelmed, specifically in this area, that they, they'll turn to you and, and recognize that you do provide the help and the hope that we need to move forward. And for any of us that have just kind of dropped the ball in an area, or we've just kind of been lazy or lackadaisical, God, we, we, we ask that you'll put diligence in our heart and allow us to recommit to a certain area so we can really do life your way with the things that you've given us. And so we ask for your help in the name of Lord Jesus. Amen.